Good morning, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are the funny podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 84. We have now done as many episodes as the number of points needed to win the Domino's game, 42, if you play by the alternate rules that allow for a longer game. <laughs> Speaking of things that are at least twice as long as they should be, today we're talking about the second half of City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. You can read along by getting this or any other book for free at audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Sign up for a free trial and keep the book even if you don't keep the subscription. You can also suggest a topic if there's something you want us to read or watch. Go to read-weep.com. That's our website. Click on the button that says suggest on the front page. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. As always, I have a special panel to introduce you today. Special if you weren't here last week. First of all, he's a beautiful, strong-willed young man who misses his father who died 10 years ago. In Northern California, it's Ezra. Our love affair might get derailed a little bit by the fact that we're brother and sister. But only a little bit. Yeah, not as much as it should have been. <laughs> Apparently it's not a complete deal breaker. They're just like, kind of put the damn brother. That's on, a red flag, guys. That is a car exploding. That is your car exploding. <laughs> also joining us today, he's a beautiful, strong-willed young woman who never knew her father because he died 15 years ago in Seattle, Washington. It's Chris. Wait, do, do we have the same dad? Huh, well, that changes nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us again, uh, he's just a guy who faked his own death twice so that he could abandon each of his children separately. In Brooklyn, New York, let's welcome Dan McCoy back to the show. Hey, everyone. Uh, my end-of-book villain speech takes up a whole chapter. <laughs> <laughs> also, it, you decide to not admit to being a villain for way too long. Long enough that I thought, oh, maybe they're going to try something interesting. Maybe, maybe he's actually not bad. And then it's like, nope. No, that was uh, 100% bad. That was a double, <laughs> double reverse back to what you assumed was true in the first place. Yeah. A 360 degree reversal. Yeah, it was. <laughs> exactly. All right, Chris, why don't you uh, take so, take a few moments to summarize the second half of this book for us, maybe catch us up with the summary from last time if it helps. And this time what I would like you to do is please first summarize as though a certain thing is happening, but then pull back the curtain to reveal that it was mostly all a lie. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure I can pull that off. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> so, City of Bones, part two. We pick up right where we left off. After Magnus Bane's party, they realize that Simon's been turned into a rat and stolen by vampires. So, Clary and Jace go to the vampire lair and get in the middle of some fight between werewolves and vampires. Oh, shit! Later we realize that Luke, her asexual uncle, is a werewolf and leading the wolf pack. What? (laughs) Anyway, but before they realize that, they go get the mortal cup, that MacGuffin that they've been looking for this entire time, from Clary's neighbor, the fortune teller's tarot card. Wait, but it turns out the fortune teller is a greater demon than they have to battle her. Oh, shit. But they win, <laughs> right? And then they go back to the Institute and say, hey, we won, we won. And then, oh, shit, Hodge, <laughs> the professor guy who runs the Institute, actually works for Valentine, the big bad guy. And he knocks out Jace and kidnaps or gives him a Valentine. Valentine takes the cup. He comes in. Man, it's, it's all turned to suck. Oh, my God. Okay, but anyway, Clary goes to Luke, the werewolf guy. And goes, hey, let's go get the cup. And Luke goes, that's a great idea. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go battle. And so they they do this po- big, poorly described battle on Governor's Island against Valentine's house. And then, uh, <laughs> oh shit! It turns out that Valentine is Jace's dad. 
as well as Clary's dad. He's everybody's dad. <laughs> as well as my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's and that's, that's the book. And oh shit, I didn't enjoy this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to come along and spoil a movie I'm watching as like moment by moment. <laughs> <laughs> Not even waiting till it's climactic. You're just like they're like here. Here's a green cracker, and you're like that's people. <laughs> Don't even wait. All right. So uh, it's time to be a little nice. We're, we're, we got off on a mean streak right away. So as always, we like to begin and end with a compliment sandwich. It's what elevates our show into fair criticism. So uh, to begin with, Dan, again, you have the right to go first or last in the compliment round. Uh, I'll go last because I feel like I need some time to actually think of one. <laughs> All right. Um. I'll go first then, even though no one's going to steal this one. Every time Valentine gets mentioned, I think of the song My Funny Valentine, which is a very touching song. So every time I think of him, they're like, oh, no, we have Valentine. I'm like, oh, don't don't be mean to him. His looks are laughable, <laughs> unphotographable. But he's my favorite work of art. <laughs> so I kept thinking that. And then I was like, you know what? He probably gets that all the time. <laughs> he's probably everybody's probably told him that since second grade. But it still made me enjoy him a lot more. Holidays were probably pretty rough for Valentine. So that's probably one of, that's his origin story of being a villain. <laughs> it was like, God damn it, I don't have a date and it's my own day. <laughs> All right. Um, continuing on, Ezra, what is your first compliment? Um, I like the depths to which they uh, made sure that Simon was an unappealing uh, romantic interest. <laughs> so that that Clary would rather be hooking up with someone who actually is her brother than someone who she thinks of as her brother. I can't I can't hook up with you. I think of you as my brother. <laughs> but but that guy actually is your brother. Yeah, but he's way hotter. <laughs> no, he, he's actually my brother, but I think of him as my boyfriend. All right, Chris, what's your major compliment? My major compliment is actually something really small that happened that I really liked. It was some crack that I believe Jace had after they uh they land some flying motorcycle and they get in this big crash Mm -hmm. he goes i can't shrug this off my shoulder's dislocated (laughs) 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 he's still a dick even when his his own body is at stake yeah i hope just bad things keep on happening to him but they're only like pun based bad things It was like, I'd like to see where you're coming from, but someone ripped out my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> I want things to bad things to happen to him, but then the crypt keeper pop up in the book, within the book, and be like, <laughs> "Looks like he went to the head of the class." <laughs> yeah, this is nice. all the opening to CSI, just over and over and over again through this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan, you can postpone no longer. No, I guess mine is the opposite of the Simon uh, being made unappealing thing. I liked the couple of moments of dignity they gave him, uh, (laughs) allowing him to save the day once, and also the scene where he's like, hey, Clary, why don't you uh, actually, like, look at me and acknowledge me? And she realizes, oh, wait, I've been dicking this guy around. I sort of always knew that he was in love with me. I thought that was nice, because I'll tell you what, Jace has got to be the most unappealing romantic lead. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, he never softens throughout the book. He's always just a jerk, and we're supposed to like him, I guess, because they say that he's charming. He's a great kisser. Well, okay. (laughs) But here's a tip to the writer. I mean, if you you keep saying that someone's charming over and over again, the reader's actually going to dislike them. 
because <laughs> yeah. they don't like charming people. <laughs> readers, readers like people with a few flaws. Like if someone's amazing all the time, that's gonna make you hate them. Is that why you think that they allowed Clarissa to be the main character was because she was so unexceptional? Yeah, no, she's like, uh, yeah, they, she's like the person equivalent of off-white paint. <laughs> <laughs> Eggshell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, I should say, Dan, he does have at least one significant flaw, and we'll probably find out that you know, when they have kids that they're you know, severely genetically deformed. <laughs> his genetic relation to her is by far his biggest flaw. Do you think he thought he was a good kisser just because, like, Clary's tongue felt familiar to him and he was so self-absorbed he enjoyed it? Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Why, Ezra? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do some uh, let's do some normal uh, hate segment. It's uh, time for our regular game of uh, hate-filled birds. <laughs> Launch your birds against some structurally unsound buildings. They're not angry; they just hate. <laughs> I think angry hates also would have been a good one as well. <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't actually be a thing there. It would just be just two emotions. <laughs> sounds like you the way Cassandra Clare would like, describe it. Yeah. <laughs> You can't even even the structures as poorly constructed as having like ice pieces for the base <laughs> and steel up at the top. You can't knock that down with angry hate. I'm just you saying still need a, you still need an object. Man, I would not want to insure those pigs' houses. <laughs> I would not either. All right, the stuff that you hate about the thing, the stuff that you hate about this book. Uh, I don't know what the book was supposed to be about. That, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't just me not paying attention. Like that is a. Uh, there were like, some other contributing factors there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, it reads like a D&D monster manual or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a greater demon. Guys, how do we kill a greater demon? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Stat cards. And we rolled a, an 18, greater demon falls. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's move on. Loot the corpse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> greater demon wasn't actually killed. I'm sure we'll meet him again. Yeah. You know, something that I hated, by the way, I hated the way they killed the greater demon. Like, one way you could tell that story is that Simon slays the greater demon. Another way you could describe it is just greater demons shouldn't have skylights on their houses. (laughs) (laughs) That is poor planning. I mean, I'm just bummed we won't get the greater demon spinoff series. At least not for a little while. Well, she was actually, when she before it transformed, was a really fun character, wasn't she? When she was like, she was in the old witch's body. And she was like, she was all tricksy. She says, uh, when they got the cup, she was like, hey, let me see the cup. Looks broken. Let me fix it. (laughs) (laughs) And then when that ploy doesn't work, turns into a greater demon straight from the pit of hell that's the size of the house. But first, she had to go with the it's broken, look the other way plan. The plan A, (laughs) so yeah, plan A was it's broken, look the other way. Plan B was turning into a demon. Plan C was turned to dust. (laughs) <laughs> so, like, regroup, plan, come back later. I'm excited for plan D. I mean, <laughs> which is, hey, look, your cup is dusty. Can I polish <laughs> God, I love, I'm sorry, I love this scene so much. I also love the greater demon was hiding 99% of his body on the other side of the portal. <laughs> which is the perfect, this is a great teachable moment to not have unprotected portals. You should use a password, have a firewall up at least. Don't access public portals in coffee shops because it's dangerous. You will pick up a greater demon. Well, it's actually, I mean, it was pretty effective, like, contraception because it was like the portal was 99% effective at keeping demon out. <laughs> Only 1% got in. Well, at first. But yeah. it's it's like, it's like, do you see that uh, 
that uh, HIV video in in sex ed class where they're like HIV can't get into your body and then they show like your your body's cells guarding your house and like you have to let them in and then one of your cells opens the little door of the fence and the HIV guys in HIV costumes come running in. Yes. It's like that. <laughs> it's just like that. Where did you go to school? <laughs> oh, I saw this one too. Are you kidding? This is my favorite video from like fifth grade sex ed. It seems really strange. I mean, it, shouldn't it be more like the mailman shows up with like a box full of candy right. and then <laughs> candy. an HIV thing like sneaks in while you've got your signing for the package. I mean, like that seems like a more accurate analogy. Like, no, it, like you're deliberately opening the door for disease rather than like, oh, let's have a party and disease comes too. Yeah. Right. Or it's like the mailman like delivers like, you know, a prostitute and you have sex with <laughs> yeah. a prostitute. <laughs> But you forget to lock the door. (laughs) But the prostitute brings all her friends, which crash in your apartment for a while, and don't pay rent. Yeah, you're making the subtext text here. (laughs) (laughs) It got confusing Uh, when 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 Ezra said the the mailman delivers a prostitute. I just I got lost in that world. (laughs) (laughs) That is a fun world to be lost in. Well, when did this happen? Did I buy her on Amazon? Do you get free two day shipping on prostitutes? Why couldn't she just drive herself? She's a human. Now, well, we have we have a click through deal with Amazon, so oh, okay. <laughs> right. we got five percent. Oh my god, are we pimps now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so pimps, prostitutes, HIV, and we're back. Man, uh, uh, it's an awkward segue book? when we don't use any of that material. Right. <laughs> this book is. <laughs> yeah. That's just I just say random things we haven't talked about. <laughs> yeah, no, please can you please do that? It's like start like leaving clues to segments <laughs> we never had. I will. I will. Uh, Other things you hated about this book. Can I can I go again? I don't. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I actually I took I took a note of a sentence that I particularly disliked, and that Ooh. was the blade in his hand was shaking wildly as his hand shook. <laughs> thank god you specified that his hand was the cause of the shaking because if it just said the blade in his hand was shaking wildly i would have thought that what's with this vibrating blade that he's got like is he fighting them with one of those like turkey electric turkey cutters or it's, it's like, oh no it's the cartoon singing sword from uh yeah. from roger rabbit he's holding his hand rock steady but the blade is going everywhere <laughs> No, there was a lot more, like, I mean, there were, uh, this book is still poorly written in the second half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got... spoiler alert. But <laughs> there are things, like, when, when they're hanging out outside the vampire lair, he goes, oh, we're in the right place. We just have to figure out how to get inside. <laughs> Thanks, <There's>... detective. <laughs> There's another good one. She tore a bottom part, savoring the rich, savory salt taste of the pork. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we're playing this game, Clary could hear her blood pounding in her ears. She felt as if her life had been built on a sheet of ice as thin as paper, and now the ice was beginning to crack. Of course it's going to crack. That is an unsafe thickness of ice. Why <laughs> not just say paper, though? Why would you have to say ice at all? <laughs> it, does, it takes a paper clip to make that ice crack. This still... <laughs> You're not telling Sandra us. Sandra Clare really seems in love with adding like an extra clause at the end of a sentence that does not need to be there. Oh, absolutely. Like icing on a cake. That's <laughs> in, made of ice. Another another one of my favorite sentences. Simon said with a fair degree of mock sarcasm. Okay, so there's sarcasm, and then there's mock sarcasm. <laughs> there's, then there's only a fair degree of marks. This is like 15 <laughs> degrees removed from actual sarcasm. <laughs> mock sarcasm though is what they uh they have because sar- sarcasm has been hunted too much so they... <laughs> vegetarians have to eat mark mock yeah. sarcasm. 
Also, she she has some her metaphors are so stupid too. Luke or Lucius was literally a lone wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Beat us into the head with that one. Jeez. All right. Well, balls is a sandwich. Uh, anybody else has any have any? Uh... <laughs> okay. I hate that she figured out that Funny Valentine was her dad ten hours after I did. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. literally didn't believe her. I was like, wait a second, you, you didn't know this? Wait, you sure okay, surely you knew that surely you figured this <laughs> yeah. out a long time ago. Yeah. Right? I, I actually thought that the book had a glitch in it and that it was being redundant. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was repeating tracks. I'm like, because clearly we all figured this out, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean at, at one point I'd love to have like a fantasy um, you know, hero who has read at least one fantasy book before. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, Clearly, if my dad's lost, it's probably the villain, right? All right, yeah. good. Moving on. I don't like to come off as a genius, but like the third page of the book, she was like, my dad died 15 years ago, and the only male character we hear about in the first chapter is the great and evil Valentine who died 15 years ago. Or and, and then we're like, when she finds out that her mom was in love with, with Valentine and married to him, she was like, well, that's weird, because she only ever like was married to my dad. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> <it> was... <laughs> How do you not get that? The mysteries are either too easy to solve, or they're like stuff that you couldn't solve at all. Like There's that part where he's like, oh, the ring, you thought it was a W, but it's actually an M, and it means this. <laughs> you you should have figured that out. And like she's like, what? I don't. I, there was no information that would have allowed us. <laughs> yeah, there was I'm none. Sorry, Encyclopedia Brown was not all around to figure this out. His one question was, is that ring reversible? <laughs> all right, uh, for our next big segment today, it's the return of Claire Ezra Explains It All. Ezra, you are now taking the role of Claire Ezra, this book's main and most prominent defendant, and we're going to ask you questions about the book and things we had problems with or just things we're curious about, and you're going to answer them as best you can on behalf of the book. Are you prepared? Let's do it. All right, excellent. I want to know if uh, joining the shadow world is sort of like becoming transgendered in that you have to pick a name that sounds like your name but more appropriate for the your new way of life. So Luke is obviously not a shadow hunter because it's too boring of a name, but Lucian can be. So uh, is that what it's like? Do you have to just pick the the girl equivalent of your name when you switch? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars, you know, where like, you know, when you're a Jedi, you get to be Obi-Wan. But if you're going into hiding, you just get to be Ben. Old Ben, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you keep your last name either way. I always thought OB1 stood for Old Ben 1, as in there was like another old <laughs> another old Ben signed up for... for old Ben 2? Yeah. Or, but well, then that guy died, so he just got to like be Ben. DMV. Yeah, or, yeah or, uh, or you signed up for an AOL account, and you're like, well, Old Ben is taken. I guess I can yeah, be Old Ben 1 old at ben AOL.com. All right, that's, that's probably how it went down. Uncle, yeah. You think Uncle Ben was Old Ben 1? He might have been. Or, or Old Ben, the original? Yeah, yeah, Wait, the original. was that the, ben, the Minute Rice Ben? Yeah, yeah. He is an older Ben, I suppose. I mean, Uncle Ben is sort of his thing, though. I don't. I mean, he's not my uncle, so I assume that's just what he tells everybody. But what about Gentle Ben, the bear thing, you know? No, nope. Gentle Ben the bear. Anyone? Yeah, Gentle Ben, sure, yeah, yeah. But think... how how old do bears get? Get? I mean, do you think Gentle Ben was old enough to be referred to as old Ben? <laughs> and well, what about that's old Gentle Ben? What about also Big Ben the clock? What does he get to be? He's been around for a while. Yeah. These, are, what these about, are all good questions. What about Benjamin Button? Is he like young Ben originally and then he changes to old Ben later? <laughs> yeah, he flip-flops. Yeah. 
All valid bends. All right. Other questions you have for Claire Ezra since he's here? Yes. Uh, Claire Ezra, I want to know a little bit about where Claire is from. She is from Brooklyn. She has never flown in a plane and never been inside or near a church. Has she been living in the under a rock neighborhood of Brooklyn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Clary from the rock. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think we're. Clary actually has been a, in a bubble. This like actually literally a bubble. She's a bubble girl. <laughs> oh, is it like a glamour bubble? <laughs> well, she she just, thinks she's, she's like, leaving the world, but really, what's actually behind it is still her house. <laughs> oh, so she's explored this entire like you know fantasy land inside of a bubble. Yeah, that's a complicated glamour. Yes, it is. Right? Why would they make it incestuous if they didn't have to? <laughs> <laughs> also, is it possible that maybe that every two years she goes to that warlock and he erases her memory of taking a short plane ride to Connecticut? <laughs> so she doesn't – she's like, I've never been on a plane, never been on a train. I've never eaten a pork sandwich. I've never, I've never seen the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> oh, you should. It's very funny. I've never been to the Air and Space Museum. <laughs> she's never been a member of the Plains Indians. <laughs> Ah, the Lakota tribe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that one's probably not a memory thing. She probably hasn't been. Uh, so, Claire Ezra, Claire Ezra. So, when when Jace and Clary are hanging out outside the vampire's lair, there's this guy in the alley, Raphael. And Raphael seems to know just a little bit too much about the architecture of the hotel, specifically what it's like on the inside. Um, has Clary not seen any of Lost? <laughs> Beware of the others. Beware of Ethan. Come on. Wait, are, sorry, are you otherizing him just because he's Spanish? <laughs> no, well, it, it, there is a sentence in the book. I, I think that uh, the author kind of revealed the, the homogenous nature of vampires anyway, because uh, there's this quote. Clary wondered if there were any ugly vampires, or maybe any fat ones. Maybe they didn't make vampires out of ugly people. <laughs> Or maybe ugly people just didn't want to live forever. <laughs> so, so just to be clear, you are calling Hispanic people ugly. That's what's happening here, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. I think I think what Chris has said is that he does not like the way Hispanic people look. Right. What? I think if it's racist, it's staying in the final cut. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> That's not even true. <laughs> Clarezzo, why is Chris so racist? <laughs> what, what is it with Chris? Why does he hate Hispanic people? I'm, what? It's <laughs> not true. If you recall from Brie Tanner, for like there were only gorgeous, super attractive vampires until Brie Tanner, and then she was like bored or something, and so she started writing ugly vampires. So maybe that's true in this series too. That like in, in the later books, as Cassandra Clare just gets sick of her own crap, she's like, "Fuck it." There's ugly vampires. There, wolves actually do change in the moonlight. Fuck, Fuck it. it. There's mummies. There's, yeah, there's mummies, mummies now. <laughs> I don't care. Wouldn't it be great if she wrote herself into a corner where the only thing that could save her would be if there were mummies in this world? <laughs> God. How do I get all of this duct tape off of my face quickly without hurting myself? <laughs> like, Surely a mummy would know. The only way to have sex with your brother is if a mummy blesses you. <laughs> Why did I write that? <laughs> I knew the world. I knew the parameters I set out. Actually, that reminds me of my, next, my other question for you, Claire Ezra. Why, why are there not more books with gay warlocks in them? 
it's an up and coming genre. <laughs> Soon all books will be about gay warlocks. And and socialite, the powerful socialite gay warlock. That's a fun character. Finally, some positive gay warlock stereotypes. <laughs> I would like to see a book starring a, a warlock, which is a warlock who's in the band Guar. <laughs> also, he's uh, he's he's normally runny, but he's been thickened with guar gum. <laughs> yes. Ew. <laughs> Wait, could you could you ever like solid pee if you had this enough like guar gum? If you ate just guar gum, could you? <laughs> yeah, it could ever be solid pee? You could pee gl- pee like a just sort of like pudding. oozing all the <laughs> way down. <laughs> just leak. I mean, that sounds like a bad plan. I, whether or not you can, it sounds like it would be un. You would die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, could this be a prank? Then I guess is what I'm asking. Feed <laughs> someone a lot of guar gum. A hilarious fatal prank. <laughs> <laughs> So our next segment uh, I wanted to do is called Nothing New Under the Sun. Obviously, this book is just copied from other books almost verbatim for large portions of it. <laughs> as we know, there is no such thing as a new story, especially in uh, in such a trite world as young adult fantasy. However, this seems to me to be much worse stolen from other stuff, more badly stolen, more offensive yeah. in its stolenness. So uh, let's talk about this book's influences. Well, clearly, brothers and sisters making out, it's got to be Star Wars. Wars. There it is. Empire Strikes Back. What up? There is a lot. Jonathan, I am your father. (laughs) That that Um, scene happens. (laughs) And he's like, no. I feel like she, like, uh, took that part from Star Wars, like, not understanding why it was in Star Wars. She's like, oh, (laughs) Star Wars was successful. Let's have the incest. Whereas, like... (laughs) Clearly, George Lucas came up with that just to solve a story problem. Like, <laughs> let's resolve this love triangle. Everyone seems to like Han Solo rightfully better than Luke Skywalker. So let's <laughs> give him the girl. Yeah. And you two are brother and sister. Done. <laughs> and let's never talk about it again. Right. <laughs> it, uh, one of them, clear influence, uh, Japanese hentai porn. <laughs> yeah it copied it and then in that it was hugely arousing to you <laughs> well my version had a lot of tentacles i don't know about you guys <laughs> no uh actually that I, I got a clip for it um so i'll just play that she dressed for the hospital in a black pleated skirt pink lip gloss and a vintage sailor collared blouse she thought she looked about eight yeah i mean that sure that's got some hentai uh japanese hentai it's also got uh a lot of other general creepiness. There's English-speaking creepiness. <laughs> Seems pretty clear like Sailor Moon, if Sailor Moon, you know, or when Sailor Moon gets put in a porn. <laughs> Are you when, confused with... When her career goes downhill, <laughs> she inevitably ends up in porn. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Are you confusing any Japanese animation with porn? Uh, no, because I'm pretty sure I saw some Transformer porn afterwards. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> wasn't there that there was that Disney movie about horses that was from the that Japanese artist? They have sex with horses, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that was it. Spirit Stallion of the Cinema. cinema yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinema. Okay, it was that. One. That the was Spirit the... of the Cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's kind of spicy. <laughs> it's about cinnamon infused vodka. <laughs> it's very tasty and hot chocolate. Thank you, horse. Cimarron ice. <laughs> Any other influences you have? Greek tragedies and comedies, a little bit also. Sure, okay. In that, I was bored by this book, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, one, incest, pretty big on that. Sure. Two, at 
the end, Alec is just magically better? I mean, the, the line seriously was, It was horrible. And I don't know what we would have done if Magnus hadn't showed up and magicked Alec back to health. <laughs> they didn't even have any reason, just magic. Um, so, you know, just the, uh, the deus ex machina, or in this case, since Magnus was gay, deus ex machina. <laughs> it was all worth it for that. It was yeah, a, wasn't it, though? It's a long journey for deus ex machina, but I'm <laughs> glad to have taken it with you. I think I actually might have tried to make the same joke that got cut out of a previous episode. <laughs> there was another deus ex machina joke. I feel like there was another deus ex machina at one point. <laughs> All right, well, incest and gay warlocks. I love this gag. Meanwhile, at Read It and Weep's Hollywood branch. Really great news, guys. Audible loved our ad pitch about the racist alien rapists. They want to turn it into a movie. <laughs> no way. It was such a terrible idea. It doesn't matter. Audible is ready to go forward. We've already lined up quarterback and rapist Ben Roethlisberger as the head alien. Allegedly. Right, alleged quarterback. There's no way we're going to make this movie. How much money are they giving us? Well, the budget is a little tight, but we're just going to write our own soundtrack. That sounds hard. It wasn't. You know the Carrie Hilson song, uh, Pretty Girl Rock? The one that goes, don't hate me because I'm beautiful? Exactly. Well, by changing a few of the words, it's now the alien theme song. So far I have... <clears throat> don't hate me because I'm beautiful. There are lots of better reasons to hate me. For instance, I'm a racist alien who came to Earth to rape you. That is a good reason to hate somebody. I know, right? Okay, how, how is this terrible movie about audiobooks? What does this have to do with Audible at all? Oh, well, the second act is everyone going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep to get a free trial audiobook and then getting raped by aliens. And in the third act, they can cancel the trial without getting charged? Right, and if the aliens don't kill them for being the wrong race, they'll all get raped. Audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Their dicks have spikes. <laughs> 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 Racist spikes. All right, well, uh, here we are. It's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich, our minor compliment. So we're going to go in the reverse order. Dan, you have no time to prepare. What is your minor compliment for the book? And the last nice thing you'll ever have to say about this book to anybody. I kind of liked the scene where the rat had to warn them that uh, the sun was coming up and thus their flying motorcycle was going to crash into the river. <laughs> Although it raises interesting questions about how, you know, how much understanding Jace and Clary have about, um, you know, the Earth going around the sun, <laughs> you know, the 24-hour yeah. cycle. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that it happens every day doesn't change. Mm -hmm. I, I I agree with you. I like any any time where a rat has to do pantomime to people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the other great thing about that scene is so Simon's a rat, but like Claire just stuffs him in her boobs. So like that's <laughs> bestiality and incest in one book. <laughs> yeah, but the rat was loved it. Yeah. yeah. Um, next minor compliment comes from Chris. I really like the sex scene, guys. What? Sex <laughs> and I, I have a clip for this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she fumbled at her belt, her fingers closing around the head of the. D
I felt cold and foreign in her hand. She didn't know how to use a She'd never anyone, let alone them. She'd even skip gym class the day they'd learn how to off muggers and rapists with ordinary objects like car keys and pencils. She pulled the free, raised it in a shaking hand. The exploded inward in a shower of She heard herself cry out. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, man, they are way too casual about being brother and sister at the end. At that point, <laughs> that that was after they decided to keep, to cool down for a little while because they were too related. <laughs> it was like, well, let's take it slow. All yeah, right, that was not doing anything rash. All right, Ezra, your <laughs> your minor compliment. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is a sad. I, I think this is a sad line, <laughs> but I think it, it it raises awareness again. So let me just play the clip. I guess was it weird hearing from Jace? Asked Simon, his voice carefully neutral. I mean, since you found out, his voice trailed off. Yes, said Clary, her voice sharply edged. Since I found out what? That he's a killer transvestite who molests cats? No wonder that cat of his hates everyone. Um, I know. But they just sort of like... <laughs> just sort of shrug away a lot of animal abuse. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the important thing to say is that if... If you molest something, you know, it won't just hate you. You will heal, hate everyone, you know? <laughs> He'll so ruin like transvestite killers for everybody. Yeah. It won't be this one specifically. It'll be any transvestite killer. Or or maybe just that cats can't tell the difference between tra- transvestites and non-transvestites and killers and non-killers. All right. I know is just molesting happens. Also, I'd like to point out that we got chastised by a fan for using the word transvestite in the live show. And I would just like to point out that, that was not our terminology. That was Cassandra Clare being insensitive. So yeah, but I don't want to do anything Cassandra Clare did, so I am sorry again for using the word transvestite. <laughs> I apologize as well for having been a part of the apology for that. I want you guys' uh, assurances that you aren't going to molest the photos of my cat that I sent you. <laughs> Too late. Oh God. All right. Well, molesting cats. Uh, my final compliment for this book is uh, I like to I like to think my first compliment of the book was about the glamour. And how much I enjoy the the idea of glamour, where you can you cover something over with some, with an optical illusion, so people don't know what it really ma- is made out of. And my last compliment is also about the glamour. I like to think it's like magic eye, <laughs> because she can't see it right away, but when she stares at it like for long enough from fifteen feet away, and she crosses her eyes, then it turns from like a a Chinese restaurant into a police headquarters. And then I'll just like to assume assume there's a three D shark floating in that. Uh, Please, <laughs> that certainly didn't stick around. That thing, magic eye. Well, eventually people got tired of having headaches. <laughs> I mean, they're still they're making three D movies, and that gives me a headache. Wouldn't it be great if we had like Avatar released in Magic Eye? Poster <laughs> uh... was just in Magic Eye. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for our show thank you so much for joining us we will be back again next week next week we are going to be watching troll 2 troll harder (laughs) it's about the internet it is (laughs) so uh we're gonna be we're gonna be watching that this is part of our continuing quest to watch movies on the wikipedia page movies commonly considered to be the worst ever made (laughs) 
which if you haven't looked at it, is a wonderful Wikipedia page to, to have. Anyway, so if you want to check that out, go ahead and uh, find, uh, find it on Netflix. Watch it. We will be back next week talking about it. If you want to get in touch with us, as always, go to readedweep.com and click on the contact icon in the upper left-hand corner. Thank you very much once again for joining us, Dan McCoy of FlophousePodcast.com and also 9, the numeral, 9AMMeeting.com. You can see pictures of his adorable cat, Lulu, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash weep. Thanks for being here, Dan. We had a really good time talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. No, for sure. We, and we will continue to enjoy your show when we don't have to listen to as much stuff for our show. Right. When we can listen to stuff and enjoy it. Sorry for putting you through 13 hours of pain. Yeah. That was not a way to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me a real feeling of accomplishment. Good. Useless accomplishment. <laughs> also, it's why uh, it, it probably reinforces why you guys watch movies and don't listen to audiobooks. Yeah, I feel bad enough asking our guests to come to my apartment for an entire evening. <laughs> And Ezra will watch even Troll 2. He'll watch on 1.5x. So he's, he's wasting like 70 minutes of his time, of his life. I have the brain of a hummingbird. <laughs> and the wings. <laughs> oh, anyway, thank you for being here, Hummingbird Ezra and uh, Normal Chris. No problem. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we will see you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Ding dong. Prostitute. No. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.